Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to another segment of Falzone and Cisco's Hour, Broadcast and Politics. Tonight we have Black author analyst Vincent Everett Ellison, the author of The Iron Triangle, including the Liberal Democrats, plan to use race to divide Christians and Americans in their quest for power and how we can defeat them. He'll be on in five minutes. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to have Mr. Mr. Falsone and myself, we're going to have a little quick rant. I want to start with incredible what Joe Biden said today. Biden said that all black people think alike. Isn't that an insult? That should just disqualify him from, from, from being any from winning the presidency of the United States. By saying something like that, if it was someone else, they would have been, forget it, that would have been their career. That, that would end it. But since he's a Democrat, he carries the letter D next to him, he gets a pass. I mean, this, that's so insulting. He said, creeper, creepy Joe said that all black people, they think, all, all of them think the same, with, except, with a notable exception. How dare he? I mean, this, we're going we're gonna to talk to Mr. Ellison about this. Mr. Ellison is an African-American author and analyst, and I want him, I want him to, and his impression on what Joe Biden, and this is not the first time, Joe Biden said, well, you know, if, if you're deciding between Trump and me, and, you know, you must not be real black. Uh, isn't that insulting? That's totally. Yeah, you know, you know what I found funny is he was trying to sound intelligent when he said that. You know, to show his uh, knowledge of the, of the different Latino peoples. Well, you know, know, so uh, he's, he's a total idiot because he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I would dare him. You know, I would dare him. I would go to Joe, point to Honduras on the map, okay? I know. <laughs> exactly. And the other big story that I want to bring up, Mark, is remember those brave doctors, the frontline doctors, <clears throat> doctors that have been out there in the front line who had a a little conference in front of the the Justice Department, and they came out and explained that they're not, they're being censored, and they took down their website, they took down everything. I mean, I felt like, you know, we're back in the, in the, in the old Soviet Union. Uh, well, well, we are back in the old Soviet well, Union well, because, well, look, they're setting up checkpoints in New York City. Yes, so, yes, so yes. Yeah, but this is, this is, I don't know if you know this, but it's, the real part that really irks me is the part that Simone Gold, who was the first lady, the first doctor, the spokesperson, she just got fired from her job because she went out there. Now, she wasn't talking about any politically what she was working. She was outside away and the problem is that they don't want people to know the truth. 
And I tell I, yeah, I tell a lot sick. of folks it's sick. You know what? If 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 it was a lie, let them talk. It'll discover that there will be a lie. But then you have the tech medias like Facebook, like uh, like Twitter, like Google, like Instagram, all censoring. You're telling everyone that you're actually don't want to hear, don't want the, the American people to hear the truth. Because if I was you guys, I would basically say, go ahead, speak. Anyway, uh, Mark, before we bring our guests on in a minute. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say we're sponsored by Students for a Better Future. Yeah. We're led by Her Highness, I call her, Doreen Finkel. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Doreen. And uh, I wanted to point out, wow, have you seen the rash of hate crime indictments that have gone against people of color who have assaulted innocent white people on the street merely because they're white? Mm-hmm. Which to oh, yeah. me would constitute a racial crime. Wow. How many has there been, Cisco? Two hundred? Three hundred? How many it's out of control. have been it, It's out of control. And and, and and we have the liberals in, 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 in these cities that they're basically looking the other way. Liberals but, but anyway, don't even use that word anymore. Don't even they're not even liberals. They're not liberals. They're they're Marxist radical left wing Effing maniacs. That's what they are. They deserve okay. nothing but uh, either the bullet or the gulag. Definitely. All right, let's uh, let's bring in. Um, I'm calling Mr. Ellison here. Hello, Mr. Ellison. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the phone and fiscal hours. Fiscal hours. How are you? Hello. Yes, can you hear me? Hello? Yes, hello? Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. All right. <laughs> Welcome. Um, Mark, our co- co-host, uh, welcome uh, Mr. Ellison, Vincent Everett Ellison. Welcome aboard, sir. Welcome aboard. Hello. I'm glad the uh, technical difficulties work their ways out. Uh, well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, yeah, I can hear you well. All right. Yeah, so. we are, what's this? Cisco was, wait a second. Cisco was telling telling me that you were just on the Laura Ingram show recently? Yeah, I was on Laura's show uh, Tuesday night. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah I was on there. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was on there. I, 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 Oh, were you? Yep, yep. I was, I was the guest on the couch. I wasn't part of a panel or anything like that. Always in the mornings. And then, you know, what <laughs> shocked me with that, you know, because it was Fox. I'm figuring Fox on cable. Uh, rel- well, not relatives, but uh, uh, people through marriage, friends, acquaintances started calling me up from Brooklyn saying, hey, we just saw you on Channel 5. I was like, what? They put it on Channel 5 too? Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah, there, anyway, yeah. anyway an, enough about that. Uh, well, what, what I, kind of uh, questions did you cover with uh, Laura? Uh, they were discussing what was going on in Maryland with the, um, the, the, the health inspector closing down the private schools and the uh, teachers unions telling the governor that uh, they will not teach until they end all mortgages, defund the police. Um, <laughs> 
um, suspend the rent, all rents and all stuff like that. So Now, they know that's not going to happen, don't they? Or do you think the, the governor of Maryland would uh, succumb to that garbage? No, but they, they have to play the game that BLM wants them to, to play because BLM Democrats and the teachers unions are all, they have a symbiotic relationship to make sure that Donald Trump is not elected. So they want to crash the economy, burn cities, and now they want to hold uh, parents and children hostage. It's what the Democrats have always done, man, since their inception mm-hmm. in 1800. They've always been a right. party of terror, murder, mm-hmm. uh, intimidation, right. and they've always tried to tear America down, not build it up. Correct. So that's uh, it. Go ahead. Vincent, Vincent, I, 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 I have, as we spoke earlier, basically we went over things that we we're going to be discussing, but something that came across the board was basically really insulting, and especially for African-Americans. Mr. Biden, again, went out there and said, Biden said that all African-American people all think the same, with some notable exception. And I mean, how much more is proof that Mr. Biden is not the type of person that the African-American community would want? Well, this is what Joe's been told by black people that he's around. I mean, the black caucus believe the same thing. Uh, their, their goal is to get 90% of the black community to vote for Joe Biden. Also, right. the very fact that he's even interested in promoting a black person to be Second on his ticket shows you that he believes that black people are comfortable exactly where they are, at the bottom of the rung here in America. And he is promoting these people because they've done exactly what they were supposed to do. They have bought the vote. If you are a businessman, you look at the ledger. You want profit. I don't care how you get them. uh, Are you cracking the whip? Is it customer service? Whatever. When I look at the the ledger at the end of the week, I want profit. That's what I'm looking for. And that's Mm -hmm. what politicians do. Are you delivering the vote? I don't care if these people are poor. I don't care if they're uneducated. I don't care if there's crime. Are you delivering the vote? And every time the black uh, politicians, they deliver the vote. And they're saying, look here, boss, I need a promotion. Because my job is to deliver the vote, and nobody delivers it better than I do. That's it. And they right. do. But, but if, it was, if it was a Republican who would say something like that, they would be crucified. But it's Joe Biden who's, who's making these outrageous statements that yeah I mean, well, Joe, well, well, Joe, well Joe 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 had to cover the black caucus and he, they're out there telling the black people Joe's all right Joe's all right and uh, Donald Trump only has a few black people like me to go out there and talk for him and the uh, uh, stupid GOP hasn't set up a a a bench for the for 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 white uh, Republicans to go in there and do cover for them I mean Herman Herman Cain just passed away uh, right. the rest of them are kind of old and um, even now, seriously, um, I've been out here doing this thing. I've written this book. It became number one. I've um, right. been on hundreds of talk shows so, 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 so supporting my beliefs in, 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 in conservatism. I haven't had a call from one GOP senator, congressman, or state representative yet thanking me. This is who they are. Wow. And, I don't, and I don't know why they have this blind spot. Now, conservatives like you guys, the rank-and-file conservatives, people on the street love it. I mean, they, they tell me every day. But I haven't got a call from a state rep, from a, a county supervisor, from anyone, saying, Vince, good job. Thank you for, 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 for standing up for us. Not one. And, and well, of course, I didn't expect it, and I'm not doing it for that, but this is why they lose in the black community. You see what I'm saying? 
this is why it's different because if I had been a black Democrat doing this, they would they would have they, they would have me they, they they put a million dollars behind me and push me out there and say speak 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 speak, but not these guys because ninety percent of any gig as as the old Bob Billings used to say is just showing up, just showing up, and these guys don't right. show up. And Trump is the only one that's done it since since Abraham Lincoln was president in eighteen sixty five. Right. So, so you 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 still feel that the that even with Joe making those statements that the African American community will still go out there and, and vote for Joe Biden? Well, they they are going to vote more for Trump because of what Trump has done, uh, more right. than has voted for any Republican president before, because Trump has talked to the black community. He's gone straight to them and told them what he was doing. Now, black people, if you look at what happened before before COVID. Lowest unemployment rate in history. Business, black businesses opening. Uh, black people had jobs, they had money, they buying houses. Well, this couldn't continue because the Democratic Party needs black people poor and dependent so they can stay in power. So what you've been seeing over the last maybe three or four months in, in America is a black crystal knot. They are doing what the Democrats are doing what they have always done over the past 200 mm-hmm. years. During Reconstruction, if a black person walked off of the plantation and started his own farm, they had to make an example out of him to make sure that no one, no other black person did the same thing. So they right. would burn his fields. They would poison his mule. They would burn up his barn. They'd kill him if necessary because they could not lose the black people that they depended on. Same thing here. Black people were, were leaving the plantation, and they had to stop it. So all of this um, uh, Antifa, BLM stuff, it was in the black community. They didn't go down to where Eric Chauvin, the guy that killed George Floyd. They didn't go to his house. They went to the black community and decimated it because they needed black people afraid, cowering, unemployed, and back on the plantation. And that's what this is about. Make no mistake about it. This is Democrat Party 101. And they've been doing (laughs) it to my people since 1800. From 1800 (laughs) to 1860, it was slavery. Right. From 1860, 1865, Civil War. They killed almost a million Americans to keep their black people in line. After 1865, when they lost the war, they started a systematic plan to get black people back on the plantation, and they called it the Redeemers. And after Reconstruction, they, had, they, 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 they murdered, they killed, they castrated, they did whatever it took. And for 100 years, they kept black people under their control. This is the right to the case. They said, well, hey, man. Since, you know, we, uh, they, we can't keep them from voting any longer, we might as well just control the vote. So what did they do? Right. They put the Iron Triangle back in, the black preacher, the black politician, and the black civic organizer. That's why I call my book the Iron Triangle. And they right. told them, your job now is to get them back in line and make them vote for us. Now think about this. The very same people that killed them, castrated them, raped them, and keep them from voting, before 1917, the whole black community is voting 90% for them to be back in the power again. Now, you explain that to me. Hmm. The Iron Triangle was working in full effect, and they haven't stopped. Always been there. They have always been the traitor. And in Dante's Inferno, the lowest level of hell is called Judeca. It is therefore the traitor. Because when they left the Judas Iscariot, the man that betrayed Christ, and that's who these right. guys are. They're the worst of the worst. It reminds you of the movie On the Waterfront when he looked at his brother and said, it wasn't, no, no, it was you. It was you, Charlie. It was you. I could have been somebody. I could have been a contender instead of a bomb, which is what I am because of you. And it's been there. 
Well, it's like it's like Malcolm X said. Malcolm X, I, I, I heard some of his speeches. He said, you know, the real difference between the white liberal and the white conservative, the, the white liberal is very deceiving, and you have to really, that's who you need to really worry about instead of the white yes. conservative. Malcolm yes. X says it, exactly said it right. perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, said, he said the white liberal is deceiving. He said but the white conservative is like a wolf. He said, you kind of know where he's coming from. He's not going to lie to you. That's why I can deal with conservatives, because I can deal with a man when a man is truthful with me. I can deal with a liar. And see, and so they, they told us, they said, if you give us your children, we'll educate them. They lied. If you kick out your man, we'll provide for you. They lied. If you give us your gun, we'll protect you. They lied. And when you look at these conditions in the black community and you see them, okay, and we know that they're we're old enough to look like in the 90s and all of it. And they resisted every change to try to make the black community better. This is a plan. In my book, I show that from, from 1940 to 1960, black people were outpacing white people when it came to uh, uh, education and when it came to um, uh, employment. And then in the 60s, we started the civil rights movement. And now we still look at that movement, movement as something – uh, that is very very romanticized in, in 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 America. Even white conservatives make me angry when they go back to it, Martin Luther King Jr. and all of that. That movie that that movement set us on the road to destruction where we are right now. And I'll explain it to you. Martin Luther King Jr. Right. made that speech. I have a dream. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was at I was at the Rene Motel, and I was wondering why Kaepernick and all these guys were kneeling in 2017. I mean, what are these guys all angry about? I mean, they're handsome, they're millionaires, white people love them. What are they <laughs> mad about? And then I heard Martin Luther King Jr. They had his speech looped at the Lorraine Motel. And, you know, King rocks that speech, man. He, he, he kills it. And, and, and I'd heard it a million times. And this time I heard something different. He said, 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro mm-hmm. is still not free. And I said, whoa, that's the poison pill. <laughs> Why? Because according to John Locke in the Second Treaty of Government, something that Thomas Jefferson borrowed from him, our freedom is an unalienable right given to us by God. Mm-hmm. It is irrevocable, non-transferable, and unsellable. It is ours. You don't go to government for your freedom. I was born free. Exactly. But he told the world that black people were not free, and it was a stone-cold <coughs> lie. He went further to say that we come to government for these unalienable rights. No. Government doesn't give you your unalienable rights. These unalienable rights come from God. He said in that movie that we, in that, in, in, in that speech, we were despised, that we were exiled in our own land, that we were cast out. Said that to us, and we believed it. And then he said he had a dream that one day I wouldn't be judged by the color of my skin. Like something's wrong with the color of my skin. Now, I've never heard an Asian, an Indian, or a Jew, or a white person ever say such a thing. Like our skin is something, you know, if you don't want to be judged by something because you're ashamed of it. I don't have a problem with you judging me if I went down my $5,000 suit or I'm driving mm-hmm. my $100,000 Escalade. But if I'm, driving right. my, if I'm driving my old truck that day and I got my old clothes on because I'm going to get gas to mow the yard and you see me, I said, man, don't judge me. Not how I'm looking right now, bro. I'm just I'm getting ready to mow the yard. <laughs> I like, see, you see what I'm saying? But if I'm proud of me, like I uh-huh. am proud of myself, I'm saying, what's wrong with the color of my skin? Go ahead and judge me by it. You don't want with your problem, not me. Right, right. So he put that in our head. 
And every year on King Day, they make our children give that speech. It says we're despised, we're exiled, we're not free, and we should be ashamed of the color of our skin, and we should go to government, not God, for what we want. And since then, right. we flatlined. The Washington Post says since 1968, there hasn't been any narrowing in the wealth gap between black and white people. They put it out on June 4th of this year. Right. I was just going to yeah, touch go ahead, on that. I was just going to touch on that because uh, Lyndon B. Johnson with the New Deal, that actually really made the Democrat Party really take control of the African-American community. Would you say that's a, a fair uh, assumption? That's the first line in my book, and, 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 and you mean the Great Society programs, yes. That's yes, the first yes. line in my book. Lyndon Johnson, yes. the line of my book, he said, I have them in words, voted Democrat for the next 200 yes. years. Yes. Yeah, he yeah, said it. Amen. That was his plan. All of this is a plan. It was a plan to get 6 million latent black votes that were not registered in the South, have them vote for the liberals in the civil rights movement to take over the Democrat Party. And that's what they did. And as long as black people vote for these liberals, and these liberals are paying the Iron Triangle. Look, let me tell you a little bit about my story. Mm-hmm. I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee. My father was a sharecropper. But, uh, he bought us out of poverty, and I lived an upper-middle-class life. Went to college. We had a gospel singing group. We went to hundreds of black churches. After, after, uh, after I, I left home, I went to college, made University of Memphis. Then I uh, started working in the prison system. And I thought we had overcome. But I saw in that prison system that they were sending black men to jail in astronomical numbers. And, I'm, and I asked the black intelligentsia, man, what's going on here? Why are these young black brothers going to jail? Because in, in the 1980s, we had three prisons in South Carolina. By the end of the 90s, we had 40. And, of course, they said it was these low-down, dirty, rich, white Republicans. So I resigned my post, started working, <laughs> and I started a nonprofit to try to you know, keep these brothers from going to jail. And when I went down there, I found out something pretty interesting in the black community. There were no rich white Republicans anywhere to be found. <laughs> you see a leprechaun before you saw one. But I saw a bunch of white Democrats. I mean, I saw, I saw a bunch of black Democrats. And mostly I saw these three occupations working hand in hand and making a lot of money from the chaos. And I called them the Iron Triangle. Most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civic organizers. And they were paid contractors being paid by rich white Democrats to make sure that the black community voted for the Democrat Party, by hook or by crook, get them to the polls, and I don't care how you do it, bribe them, keep them ignorant, bring dope into the community, castrate the black man, keep the family in disarray. I don't care if they murder each other. Make sure that you get 90% of that vote, and they've been doing it, and they do it very, very well. And my book exposes the history. It exposes how it's done. It tells how it's done, and it shows how we can defeat them. Well, you know, the, the thing about the, um, the relationship between the Democratic Party and, and, and the, the black churches, it's, I thought we, we, we were against, uh, what was that, state? state yeah, separation of state. Yeah, separation mm-hmm. of state. I, I, well, but when it comes to the Democratic Party, there's no such thing. There's no opposition to that. Oh no! They 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 the 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 Democratic Party started the black church. Yeah, they 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 invented the black church. The the uh, slave, the slave system, the plantation system invented the the black preacher uh, for their benefit. 
and all of these Southern black preachers were tied to it. So um, when, when the Civil Rights Movement started, a lot of these communists and Marxists infiltrated the church, gave them money, uh, compromised the pastors, and um, they've been part of the black church ever since. Uh, they're right. grafted together. I mean, politics, and, 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 and that's one of the things we have to get rid of. But we have to expose it because it's bad enough to have politics in the church, but when you have, a, when you have politics that are, that are against your religion, like, for instance, every segment of black religion, whether it be Islam, Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, Baptist Methodists, it is against abortion, all of it. Yet they support Democrats that support abortion. It is right. against LGBTQ. But they support Democrats and support LGBTQ. We believe that we should be able to, access, to pray to our God anytime we want to. But they're against school choice and religious schools, and they won't allow school choice so we can do that. You see what I'm saying? So there's a cultural oh, yeah. flux. They want to say thank you, Jesus, on Sunday, but want to kill babies on Monday. And <laughs> our Bible tells us you can't serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. Moreover, we believe as Christians, that we are victors, we are conquerors. In Jesus Christ, we can defeat giants, that uh, right. a, a, a thousand will fall on our, our right hand and 10,000 at our left, that God protects us from all things. Nevertheless, we're out there marching in the street asking government to affirm us. No justice, no peace. Income inequality. Now, how do, now how do you match that together with I, can't be, I cannot be a victim? I cannot be <laughs> oppressed because I'm a child of God. And then you marching in the streets asking white folks to affirm who you are. This is why we remain at the bottom of every social economic statistic in America. We are too concerned with what men want. Our Bible tells us that you are not supposed to be concerned at all with what men want. Not at all. Only what God wants. Yet we are marching in the street, burning buildings, trying to get man to affirm us and give us something that only God can give us anyway. And our preachers are standing right beside them. You have preachers marching beside Marxists. And in Marxism, the Marxists want to destroy the church. And these kids <laughs> right. are marching beside them. That's They're right. marching beside Planned Parenthood and abortion providers. They're marching beside people that want to destroy religion in America. They're marching beside people that want to deny you the right to protect yourself and your family and disarm you and let gangs and police come and kill you. Now, think right. about this. You say, you tell them I'm being hunted by gangs on one side and the police trying to kill me on another. That's what you're telling them. Joe Biden says, I got a solution for you. What's that? Turn in your gun to the police, to the very people that are hunting you. <laughs> That's his solution. Uh, you see how stupid this is? Yeah. I want to chime in. I, I know what he's talking about, about the Republicans of the Black Committee. In the black community, because I have to tell you, my hands hurt from slapping over the years so many Republicans telling them, why are you banging the school choice and pushing for school choice? I mean, just I think two years ago, it was a massive black rally. They choked, they crossed the Brooklyn Bridge, choked the Brooklyn Bridge, Hello? choked downtown Manhattan, Hello? all for school choice. Why the hell aren't the Republicans pursuing this? I think that would make huge inroads into the black community. I will tell you why. Because the schools are horrible. 
I'll, right, well, I'll give you two yeah. reasons. Go ahead. One is that one is that the black community is not the Republican Party constituent. Number two, they're not their constituency. And 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 and, and number two, whenever they bring up school choice, they use it as a hammer to get some of the things they want from the black caucus because they know that the black caucus will give them anything to stop it. They use it to trade. Always. Right. Right. Always to trade. And they will never, ever, and Donald Trump is the only one that's pushing it right now. And the Supreme Court just ruled, as you know, that if states give school vouchers, they have to give them also to, to um, uh, 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 schools that, that practice religion, Catholic schools and all this type of stuff. So, that's, so the way this is going to work is really through the courts because the Republican Party sold out to the Black Caucus years ago. They made a deal with the Black Caucus and said, if you guys wow. – Vote for our, our. If you guys vote for our redistricting plan, our state redistricting plans will give you. Will give you three or four majority black congressional districts. It will also double your congressional districts in your state houses, your black districts. And we promise you, we will never run or fund anybody that runs against you in your district. And so the de- black Democrats and the white Republicans vote together for these redistricting plans. They let and 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 this is how the Republicans took over the House in the 90s. And this is how you got those majority black districts in the 90s. This was a deal okay. that they made. And since that time, Republicans have never funded. Not one candidate that's ever run against any of those black Democrats in those districts. You can check it for yourself. Wow. Even today, right, you, have, you have 51 majority black districts. 51. I don't care if the person's black or white. If he's running for the GOP, he's barely got gas money. But the guy on the Democrat side, raining cash on it, millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, they started going to jail because they had so much money left over in the bank, they started spending it. That's how Jesse Jackson Jr. went to jail. And uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Fatah and a lot of them went to jail behind spending that campaign money. So they weren't spending it on their campaigns. They didn't need to. Right. Well, because the GOP but, wasn't funding anybody. So that's, that's, what, that's, that's what's happening there. It was a corrupt deal. Right. It's uh, I, I want to touch on that because we have had Elijah Cummings, who passed away in Maryland, John Lewis. These these so-called leaders have been running areas of Baltimore and the state of Maryland. I mean, Georgia and some parts of Georgia and some parts of the state of Maryland. And their districts have looked so horrible but then they, they, they seem to be doing well, pretty well for themselves when they were alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and again, oh, yeah. I understand, and I, I understand what, what, what you're saying in regards to how that triangle uh, connection between the black politicians, the black uh, pastors, and, and, and uh, the, uh, the, you know, religious figures <coughs> working together in the black civic, civic organizations. But, I mean, why would you want to continue voting for someone like John Lewis and Elijah Cummings that basically every day you're dealing with drug addicts, people killing each other, uh, you know, conditions, you know, a plan, parenthood right next to it. It's just, is it, 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 it a form of already a brainwash? They've been brainwashed already that they, can, they can't see anything else? Is is that the stock you know Stockholm syndrome cognitive dissonance when you have been under an oppressor for so long you start identifying with that oppressor? The most famous person that you can remember with that was Patty Hearst, 
and there, there right. have been other people that, that, that get up under pressure and they beat down. But also there's a lot of pressure to conform in the black community. One of the saddest symptoms of Stockholm Syndrome is that you will, you will fight to the death anyone that tries to separate you from your oppressor. We've seen battered, battered wife syndrome, and we've seen people yep. try to pull these people away from their oppressors when they have Stockholm Syndrome. They, they fight. They fight to the death to stay there. They'll run back into the mm-hmm. cage. So that's why there's so much vitriol in the black community. When anybody comes down there to try to pull them away from their oppressor, and that's why people don't, a lot of people don't want to go through with it. They just, you know, they said this is a thankless job. Uh, why would right. you want to put yourself through it? And, you, and the only reason why you put yourself through it is because you love the people like you love a family member. You know, you would go down right. and get your brother. See, uh, our, our Bibles tell, gives us these two great parables of the, of, of the Good Samaritan and the uh, Good Shepherd. You know the uh, uh, the man that was beaten and laying and was laying down there to die would have been robbed. You know his he thought that the Levite and the priest was his friend, but they walked past him. But the man he thought was his enemy, the Good Samaritan, was not his enemy. He had been told he was his enemy. How do we know he wasn't his enemy? He's the one that came down and got him, took care of him, took him to right. the doctor, said take care of him, and I'll pay for you when I come back. And Jesus talked about the Good Shepherd who left all of his other flock to go find the one lost sheep. He left the rest of them and brought the lost sheep back home. He said, that's not, and he told us that's what we have to do. He gave us a commission as Christians and, and Jews and Muslims, people of the book, to go back and get your brother and your sister, to bring them back. He told us to go to the hedges and the highways and spread the gospel, but this is what we do. We've gone to Asia, we've gone to Africa, we've gone to South America, but guess what? We across our streets. There are fellow Christians that are dying at the hands of a right. godless, anti-Christian enemy. And we right. won't go across the street to get him. And that is why our houses are left us desolate. These embers are going to fly over and start burning our home in a little while. Wow. We have been told by God that we have to go get our brother. He said, are you your brother's keeper? Yes, we are. Now, we're not talking yeah. about going there and apologizing for America. I ain't talking about that. Like they want you to say, ooh, there's white privilege, there's white privilege. No, it's not. No, that's not. <laughs> you, don't apologize. you don't apologize for America because, because, you know, forgiveness cannot be earned. It should not be expected, nor should it be wanted. And for you to live in condemnation is against the laws of God. Yeah. If you are a Christian, you do not live in condemnation. Jesus has prayed for it all. He's prayed for right. it all. And you tell these jokers that say there's white supremacy, and that there's white privilege, you look at him and you say, you are a slave looking for a master. And I refuse to be your master. Well, I am your brother, and I will help pull you up and exercise your freedom. But I will not live in condemnation for you, and I will not carry your wretchedness. Stand up and well, be a man. Mr. Allison, I would, say, I would say that if you want to talk about white supremacists, I would say the Democratic Party is actually the real faith of white supremacists. Yes, the, you are in, correct. In the, black community, in the black community. Yes, you are correct. You are correct. And I say that every time when they say to me, are you going to tell me that there's no systemic racism in America? No, if it is, it, coming out, it comes off from the Democrat Party. Because the Democratic Party has controlled the black community for over 200 years. Except for a small period of time during Reconstruction, the Democrat Party has had absolute control of the black community. Right. They are the, and if there's any, if there, if there's any systemic racism, it's coming straight for them. And now what they're doing, black people are looking around, the fourth generation of this, and these young people are saying, look, man, 
Something's got to give here. What's going on? And they're still pointing at Republicans. It's those Republicans. It's those Republicans. If Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump been in, has been in power three and a half years, they try to put 200 years of racism on him. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, know what's all, you know what's also interesting, and, 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 and uh, which I find amusing, when they talk about systematic uh, racism. Well, the, the mayor of Atlanta, the police chief, the district attorney, they're all African-American. In Washington, D.C., yeah. the same thing. And mostly all yeah. the urban areas, when they talk about systematic uh, you know, racism, who is in charge? It's not, it's there not. you go. You know? and But they yeah. overlook that. They overlook that. You know, it's like, oh, interesting. How, how well, see, this is our problem. We don't have people, well, we don't have enough people that are willing to go down there and give this message. We have such little credibility. I remember um, my, my brother had um, had uh, dinner with uh, Schultz, the guy that owned uh, Starbucks. And Schultz was kind yeah. of upset because when it was, he was doing the little Starbucks thing by putting the little uh, sayings about racism on the cups when he gave them to people, and he was, he was kind of upset that it kind of blew up in his face. And he right. asked my brother, why? And uh, my brother said, man, this is because, look, you have no credibility in the community. Black people are very clickish, and they're going to always look at the person that's carrying the message. They looked at you and said, he has no, he has no, he has, he has no authority to be telling me anything. And what we failed to do, what the, what, the, what the conservatives and the Republicans have failed to do over the past 40 years is, uh-huh. is, is, is construct, manufacture, form, train, and fund a group of young minority warriors that consistently give this message to the minority community. When I was in South Carolina, we started an outreach committee after we lost the state uh, elections in 2000. And our job was to get 30% of the black vote every election. Two years later, we got it. And because of the outreach committee that I started, we never lost it. And we did it because we, we, were, we were training black people. We go to black radio, go into black churches, go to black colleges, universities, high schools, sororities, talk to their neighbors. We had a way of getting the message to the people. And I remember going to Maryland, showing them, trying to show them what we did. And Maryland had the same amount of black people percentage-wise that South Carolina did. And Maryland was controlled by the Democrats. And Maryland would not even consider doing what we did in South Carolina. And I told them, that's why you're going to lose. And they did. Uh, it, it, it is a blue state. Virginia won't do it. And uh, I don't know if they have saboteurs in the Republican Party, a bunch of, a bunch of rhinos there. But to me, this is low-hanging fruit. I do not have a problem taking this message into the black community. None. Whenever I take this into the black community, I get standing ovations, I get pats on my back, I get handshakes, and I get, where have you been? Black people know what's going on, y'all. But we won't. Yeah. But they think that we think we they think that we believe that we are better than they are. And it's hard to lack somebody that you believe thinks they're better than you. Right. You know, they think so, that we look down on them. And Al Sharpton with his greasy self will show up. If nothing else, he shows up. If you're uh-huh. in a fight and you think you're about to get beat down, you don't care. That joke can be the drunk of the neighborhood and the bum. But if he comes and fights beside you and the fight's over, you say, man, whatever you need for the rest of your life, you got it from me. We right. have left these people to be ministered to and picked up by the worst people society has ever created. Right. We were the Levites. And we were the priest. Now we got to become the Good Samaritan. They look to us for help. 
and we said yeah. you're on your own. Now we have to do our due diligence and not be like liberals to wait for government to do what we're supposed to do. Right. It's our job as individuals, and our book tells us how to do that. That's the whole premise of the book, to tell well, conservatives well, how to talk well, to their fellow Christians. Mr. Ellison, look, look, at, look, 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 you know, I, the media, the media and the politicians and uh, even individuals within the black community, basically, we had a doctor, a very, very smart, knows her stuff totally, Dr. Emmanuel. And look, the attacks that came to her, this was the, one of the doctors who was part of the frontline doctors that was out there, because we're, we're heading into the next topic that we wanted to talk about in regards to COVID, you know, uh, and, and, and she made some good points in regards to, you know, uh, HCQ, uh, the med- medication, the drug, and she got slammed by everyone. I mean, where was BLM there to protect her? It, it, doesn't her life matter? Her opinions matter? Oh, man, Dr. of course it does. The only thing that matters is beating Trump. Anybody that gets in the way of that is going to be slaughtered. That's it. Now, this is something that the left does very good. They, they are a hodgepodge of weirdos and misfits, but they can home in on an enemy and destroy him. And their enemy, my friend, is the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Period. And they all come together because they say he harms all of us, whether we Mm -hmm. are gay, whether we are lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, whether we are are, are, are feminists, whether we are black, whether we are illegals, he's the problem. So we don't like each other, but separately he'll destroy us all. So we got to come together. And even though we probably hate each other, if we don't stand together and fight him, he will defeat us all. And they have the discipline to stay together. And like a swarm of bees, they will come at you. And right, right. now they have sat down and said, okay, who's the target? Donald Trump. Forget everybody else. Everything we do is to take him out. And COVID is a way of doing it. These riots right. is a way of doing it. Right. Now we're going to take the teachers' unions, and we're going to say we're not going to let the children go back to work. Not let the parents go back to work so we can continue crashing this economy. That's how we're going to do it. But right. they understand because, and they are disciplined. Well, you know, the, the Russian collusion failed. The Ukraine uh, impeachment failed. Uh, everything else has failed. And, you know, the, the indictments, uh, uh, you know, the tax, no, no tax returns, uh, everything has failed. And like you said earlier, the economy was booming until January. And then, boom. Suddenly, this virus came out. But I want to touch. I, I do want to touch on the COVID aspect because a, a Dr. Harris from the UK, uh, African American, um, from uh, he's from, he, he's UK born from. I think he's from Nigeria. He made a, he made an excellent point. I was reading the Guardian, one of my favorite papers in, in the UK, and he said, "What we have here is a pandemic of obesity, a pandemic of mm. bad health." Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the pen, that's the true pandemic out there. People, yep. you know, high blood pressure, you know, drinking mm-hmm. and drugs and all that stuff, and, mm-hmm. and and not in good and not in very good health. So my question to you, because he he was referring to also to uh, not just uh, the 
the rest of the population, but also they have African American communities all over. Uh, in regards to what's your take in regards to what he said uh, about the health conditions, uh, taking care of your body and, and your mind, and, and 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 eating the proper foods. I can agree a hundred percent. The black the black community has a very serious victim mentality now because that's what they've been taught to have from their politics on the iron triangle. Nothing is ever your fault. And if somebody tells you it's your fault, they're racist. So nobody says anything to them. And everybody and it's very easy to find what what black what what what, what media black the black community uh, 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 takes uh, uh, listens to. Uh, the same way that we know that most Christian conservatives watch watch Fox and watch OAN. People know that about maybe one to two percent of the black population in America watch Fox News and OAN. They know most of them watch MSNBC and they watch CNN. <laughs> And CNN and MSNBC will not tell you what you just said. They also right. will also listen to, to, to a black media, black black radio, like the Steve Harvey show, other shows like that, Russ Parr, Tom Joyner. They don't tell you stuff like that. And then they go to their churches, and the black church won't tell you anything like this. And then they'll listen to the NAACP. The NAACP won't tell you anything like this. And then you've got the iron, and then you got the other, the last part of the iron train, the black preachers. And they really, I mean, the black uh, politicians, and they're really not going to tell you anything like this, okay? So we have not found a way to break through and talk to these people. And as I've always told my conservative constituents, and this is something that me and Jerry Falwell is working on right now here, here at Liberty. We're getting ready to start okay. a black think tank with that one thing in mind. Me and Jerry talk, and we are tired of taking punches. I told Jerry we're going to start throwing them, and we're going to put them back on their heels. <laughs> Good. That this book is a template to how to knock a liberal in the mouth. They are so afraid of me, they will not debate me. I dare them. I told my agent, call it MSNBC, call CNN, tell them all. Tell them all I will kick their ass on their own, on their own show. <laughs> tell them I said it. Well, let's no, put it Cuomo, this way. He thinks, Cuomo, Cuomo thinks he's a tough guy. Tell him to put me on the show. I'll make him cry like his daddy. <laughs> they won't put me on. I have a number one book. My book has been in the top ten for two months, and they won't well, put me that, on because but they watch me on the internet and they know I'll eviscerate them. Let's pro- Wait, uh, I want to give pro- you a chance to plug the book. What's the name of the book? Yes, go ahead. The, the book is the Iron Triangle. Oh, okay. The book is the Iron. It's called the Iron Triangle, how, and, and 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 the subtitle is how Democrats are using race to divide Americans in their quest for power and how we can stop them. My website is irontrianglebook.com. That's, That's exactly irontrianglebook.com. Fantastic. Y'all pull it up uh, and look at it. It's a, nice, it's a nice picture of me on there. You can buy the, you, you can buy the book on it. You can, you can, I have blogs. I have excerpts from the book on there. I have my appearances when I was on Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity. A lot of, uh, I've been on every radio show from, Howie Carr to Joe Pash to Brian Kilmeade. Uh, but guess what? No liberal will invite me. And the ones that have invited me, I took them to school. My, 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 my book is being read all over the world, and it is changing the way people see the civil rights movement. It's changing the way they see the black church. It is changing the way they see the Democrat Party. It is not a party that's benevolent. It's not a party that's trying to uh, bring about equality. The Democratic Party can only exist on the backs of black people. And it's always been thus. Vincent. Vince, I mean, excuse me. Vince, Mr. Uh, We have a question 
843-251. You have a question for Mr. Ellison. Yes, Mr. Ellison. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, you were raised in the South? Yes, ma'am, I was. So you know about the Civil yes. War and why why the Civil War was really fought in South Carolina? Uh, do, I, do I know why it was really fought? Yes. Why South Carolina well, were, uh, took on Lincoln and uh, the North? Well, there were there, 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 there were a lot of reasons, but when it but when it comes down but when it, when it comes down to it, they understand too that Abraham Lincoln was an abolitionist. He was going to stop the spread of slavery. Uh, they 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 said at the beginning of the war, I mean of the election, that if Lincoln was elected, they were going to leave the union. Lincoln got elected. South Carolina left. Uh, so, uh, well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I grew up in the South. My family had um, farms for many, many years. Um, my family goes back to the Civil War days. You know, Mister. You know, Mister. E. K. Egerton. No, I don't know him. No, ma'am. Um, he's a black man, and um, his family uh, uh, helped fight in the Civil War. And uh, yes, ma'am. A great, great man. Um. The truth has not been told about why the Civil War was fought uh, here in South Carolina, okay? I don't know about any other state, but Lincoln and the North wanted our, our, our industry. We didn't have any slaves. There was 400 slaves and a black man on them in Charleston, South Carolina. No slaves nowhere. Lincoln... And the North came down, and we didn't have the money behind us. Lincoln had already went to uh, Congress and told Pennsylvania, all the states, uh, you either deal with the Union or we're going to come give you war. Well, South Carolina was the only state that wouldn't, okay? 360,000 men died in that, 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 uh, that war, and they were black men, white men, Indians, Mexicans, fought for South Carolina. Uh, I, I I just think that uh, you know people haven't been taught the the real the real issue that was behind this war. This was the most important war that America ever had. If South Carolina hadn't stood up and fought Lincoln, which now you, you, you do realize that Lincoln wanted to uh, well actually he didn't release his slaves until six years later, but. You do realize that Lincoln wanted to uh, send the slaves to the jungle and let them fend for themselves and um, just um, do whatever, let them die, is some of the words he said. Well, do, do you um, realize this is, that? This is, this, is, this is what I know. This is what I know. I can tell you about my life. I wasn't born back then, and there have been many books written about it. I, I, I can't tell you that I was born on a cotton plantation. My father and my grandfather were told, were kicked off of the plantation because my grandfather had registered to vote and that the Ku Klux Klan uh, you said were they would hang him. No, ma'am, this is Tennessee. Uh-huh. This is Tennessee. And uh, right. it, 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 this, this is documented in uh, Parting the Water. Well, I know that's documented and, and, in Tennessee, but it ain't ma'am, documented uh, everywhere else. Yeah, it was it was in South Carolina too, man. It was the Democrat. It was the Democrat Party. 
yep. that was that mm-hmm. was running the South at that time. It was, it was the Democrat Party that was running the South at the time. Jeff Davis was a Democrat. All of them were were were, were Democrats. Mm-hmm. If you look at the yes, succession uh, papers, uh, uh, if you look at the succession papers, yes, ma'am. One if you look time, at the one, succession papers, yeah. if you look at the succession papers, the papers that said they gave the reason why South Carolina was going to succeed from the union. If you would just look at them, you will see that they said that the fact that they were not that the North would not adhere to the Fugitive Slave Act and wouldn't let them bring their slaves back. The fact that they were coming down and sending abolitionists to give, giving paperwork to their slaves and trying to start insurrection, uh, and the fact that they believed that they would not allow the extension of slavery was one of the main causes for the war. Now, this is in their own succession papers. That I've may be so in any other state, but I'm going to tell you about the state of South Carolina because my family's been that's here what I'm telling you about. The South Carolina succession yeah. papers is the first state, state to succeed. Moreover, a third of the people in South Carolina in an 1860 census, one-third of the people were slaves. The slaves were counted as three-fifths of human beings at that time for the census takers. And, one third, and, and, and there were three times, I'm sorry, there were three times more slaves, more black people in South Carolina than were white people at the time of the Civil War, three times more. There was also yeah. two times more in Mississippi. You know why? Than, than, they than came than down here to be free. They heard about... South Carolina being no, a free state. No, ma'am. Oh, yes. No, ma'am. Oh, South Carolina yes. was, well, no, was not a free state. Oh, it, it okay. Was not. Uh, okay. South Carolina was a slave state. Okay, no, ma'am. Hold it. Let's stay on topic. I'm sorry, but let's stay on topic because we have a couple more things to cover. We only have six minutes. Sorry. Mr. Ellison. I wanted to touch on yes, the 1994 yes. federal crime bill yes. that Mr. Clinton signed, which basically and Joe Biden wrote and Joe Biden exactly, wrote exactly. I was just going there to, yes. that violated control and basically gave law enforcement the the the, the, the very very famous three strikes you're out. Why 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 would I, yes. Wait, 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 one at a time. I didn't realize it was a crayon. I know, but wait, 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 Mark, <laughs> wait, Mark. So, Mr. Ellison, this bill basically gave and really hurt the, uh, people of color. And then Mr. Trump just came out and did the, the, the next step bill, which basically liberated a lot of individuals that were in prison for petty crimes. But he's getting condemned, and Bill Clinton's getting praised to the extent mm-hmm. that he was considered to be the first black president. Correct. I mean, it's that asinine. Fun. Yeah, asinine. It's asinine that someone who basically hurt the African American community gets praised, but President Trump, who just basically gave. But hasn't every president done that? Sold us out. Hasn't haven't they all? Is that true? I, I know. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Mr. Ellison, what, what what was the um what, what's your take on that? Well, uh, yeah, but you know it doesn't matter what any Democrat does to black people; they're going to be praised in the press because they cannot be allowed to lose the black vote. They uh, right right now half of the black children are being aborted uh, of the ones that survive. They are saying most of them go to schools that do not educate them. They, are, they, they graduate partially illiterate. 
half of them that graduate do. The ones that do graduate because half don't graduate. Um, as I said again, there hasn't been any narrowing in the wealth gap. So the condition of black people, when you start talking about how Democrats treat them, is irrelevant. If they were voting based on the condition of black people, no Democrat would win. Matter of fact, they'd be too embarrassed to run because they are a coach that has about 200 0 and 11 seasons behind them, okay? <laughs> they never win. The black community has been at the bottom ever since they've been with the Democrat Party. So how Democrats treat black people is obviously irrelevant. So the thing is, they can do what they want. Joe Biden can say what he wants what, until we, until us, so us Christians and citizens, start talking to our fellow African-Americans and, and good liberals that are trapped down there listening to them, nothing's going to change because they're not getting any more information. I mean, if all you have to eat is junk food, that's what you'll eat. If all you have is dirty water to drink, that's what you'll drink. But if someone comes and gives you an alternative and you taste it and say, this is better, as many people have, as my father did, as I did, as all my brothers and sisters did, that's all my friends have, then you will turn to it. But if they never get that option, which they do not have, like what Socrates, what Plato talked about in the cave, he said that uh, he had this allegory. In his book, the you 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 know Republic, he said the people three the, these men were trapped in a cave, tied, and all they could see was the shadows of the world behind them, and that's all they saw all their lives were the shadows on the wall in front of them. And one broke away and walked outside and saw what was going on in real life. He said, "Whoa, man, this is so much more than what I thought." And when he tried to break his other men free, they wouldn't come. They remained in the cave. And he said that this is this is how this is try, this is what happens to you when you try to teach teach stiff neck uh, 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 um, Stockholm syndrome people different knowledge. So they've been told Democrat is good, Democrat is good, Democrat is good. It's going to take an intervention like a drug intervention to change right. the minds of a lot of these people. But if you love them, and this is why this is where the love comes in. This is not going to be a political solution. This is going to be a spiritual battle. This is a battle against flesh, not against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle. This is like going against, it's going to help one of your children that's addicted to crack cocaine, okay? Right. You, okay. Got, you have to love them to do it because it's going to be a battle, and that's what the time, and we haven't loved them enough to do it yet. Definitely. Mr. Allison, uh, we May only have something? 60 seconds. We only have 60 seconds. Uh, right, uh, 843, just a quick question. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Okay. Uh, yes. Well, let's plug in your, your book again, your website. Yes, my website is irontrianglebook.com, irontrianglebook.com. My book is The Iron Triangle. And the subtitle Thanks. is uh, How Democrats Use Race to Divide Americans in Their Quest for Power and How We Can Stop Them. Definitely. We'll, 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 we'll put the book up on the website and, and, um, and, and promote it as much as we can. All right, Mr. Ellison, thank you for taking time to come on the show. Man, thank you very much, guys. It was a pleasure to be with you. Stand strong and let us talk to each other, love each other, and understand that we are not victims, nor are we condemned. We are all free, brothers and sisters Definitely. in Christ and citizens of the United States of America, and they're not going all to right. defeat us. We've already been, we're already the victors. Thank you. God bless. God bless America. Thank, thank God you. Bless you. God bless you, too. All right. All right. Have a good one.
Good night, Thank folks. You. Good night. Next week, we'll have another exciting guest on our show. Fantastic. Good night.
you know, and the thing is that the thing is that we have organization living on Amazon YouTube and Internet and they don't exist. You know what? If I go in there, I'll kick the shit out of them because they cannot debate me at all. I just I just had I just I just interviewed him. Once you get somebody more difficult, he will challenge you more. You know, he he kept people who who were he kept were, he kept saying, You're right, you're right, you're right. Oh, you're right. right.
to bring a message to the community about how people, forget the opposite, though, how, how people, the Democratic Party is, how they brainwash. Because, like you said, they don't know any better because they've been told for so long in brainwashed to think that basically this is the way it is. And, and when I said to him, you know, Mr. Ellison, do you think this is correct? Do you agree with me on this? Do you consider, would you consider the Democrat Party to be actually true white supremacists? And he said, yes. They are, they're, they've been white supremacists to the African community to, to the Hispanic community. Photo appears with Jerry Falwell with his zipper down and arm around the woman. Oh, that sounds like a great guy to be. Literally, I literally look the second you look at the name. Vincent, look about Vincent Allison. He has to apologize for the picture of Vincent Paul. Allison. Look at the Vincent Allison. His father, not his son. That's his son. I'm talking about his father. Oh, so his, his son learned from his mother, learned from his father. So that's a great guy to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that John is just made me, it made me even more certain that you Republicans are demented because the, the stuff that comes out of you Republicans' mouths are is the most demented, insane, racist, hateful, bigoted, horrible stuff I've ever heard in my life. Look 
Thank you. 